0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 199 of So You Want to Be a Writer. My name's Valerie Koo, and I'm here with Alison Tate.
1: How are you, Al? Episode 199. I I don't think I have any choice but to be excited. Yes, that's right. 199. (laughs) I'm just jeeing you up there. I was actually going to have a completely different response, and now you've thrown me totally. Now I don't know what to do. i'm 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 off my game we'll just
0: pretend that i didn't do that off you go how are
1: you Al? (laughs) (laughs) well i was gonna say before i was you know thrown off my stride entirely um i'm nervous Val. my book is coming out next week and you've talking to me about 199 which means next week is also our 200th episode so talk about a massive week i'm not gonna cope now i'm doubly nervous
0: Big week, big week. Oh my god, that's so exciting. I know. I mean, it's just no, I can't can't is is finally here. We we will queue streamers, champagne, fireworks, everything for the combination of episode 200 coming up and the release of your amazing book which is called The
1: Book of Secrets an Adaban Cipher novel. Love it, love it, love it. I know, so do I. Um, And also, just a few more days for people to, um, you might remember we discussed in the last episode that I have a giveaway coming up, which will coincide with my newsletter on the 12th of September, which is, of course, launch day for the of Band Cipher, and if you uh, would like to be part of that giveaway, the opportunity to win a signed copy of the Book of Secrets, yep. a signed copy of A Race to the End of the World, which is the first book of the Mapmaker Chronicles, as well as the all-important Money Can't Buy Mapmaker Chronicles cap, which may or may not fit Val's head, <laughs> um, I, then please, you need to get along to the link in the show notes or to AllisonTate.com and sign up to um, receive my newsletter.
0: Yes, make sure you sign up because uh I, I think that this cap is going to be worth a lot of money. And so <laughs> ten years from now you might be able to sell it on eBay for for quite a bit of
1: cash. That'd so, be it. yeah. It's yeah, gonna to to be sign up. gazillions one day. Gazillions, I tell you.
0: Also, we want to, because it's our impending two hundredth episode, give you some rewards and for being such fantastic listeners all this time. For for two hundred episodes, some of you are newer to us, but I we hear that a lot of people are going through the back catalogue and listening to some of the authors that we've had on the show in the past. But what we would love to do is get your feedback moving forward, so that we can make sure we're delivering the kind of podcast and topics that you enjoy. So if you could uh, complete a survey for us, we'd be really grateful. And when you do, we're going to give you. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Exactly.
1: We really need to invest in some, like, sound effects, I think. Are you telling me that you don't think that my sound effects are worthy? No, no, they're good.
0: They're good. They're good. good, but we're going to give you a twenty dollars voucher to use on any courses at the Australian Writers Centre. Uh, any online courses, I think. No, is it any courses? I'm not sure. It will say so on the <laughs> after you complete the survey. Don't worry. This, she just
1: runs the place. She has yeah, no idea right. what's going on.
0: <laughs> no, I believe it is any courses. And considering the courses start at eighty five dollars, um, that's a great saving uh, because then you can get that course for sixty five dollars. Oh. So just go to the survey, which you can find at writerscentre.com.au slash podcast survey. That's writerscentre.com.au slash podcast survey. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, we'd like to give a shout-out to Voigster. Oh, Voigster. That's a cool name, Voigster, uh, who has left us a review on iTunes and has called it great podcast for aspiring writers with an Aussie twist. Oh yeah, that's a, that's, that's cool. And, uh, has said, I'm a regular listener to this podcast and usually tune in during my long commute to work. I used to pick and choose episodes that appealed, but these days I listen to each episode soon after it drops because I always get something new and a lot of laughs out of Val and Al's accumulated wisdom. I particularly love that the podcast focuses on the Australian focuses on the Australian writing scene but also includes international content. The author of the week segment is a favorite and I love hearing from the wide range of writers from children's and YA authors to crime, romance, freelance writing and non-fiction. This podcast just goes from strength to strength, so do yourself a favor and listen. Wow! I'm going to be happy all day because of that.
1: Your boy. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. You always sound so chipper though, it has to be said. Like you do sound very perky most of the time.
0: Not all the time though, but today I am and I'm ba- I don't you can't see, but I'm bouncing up and down in my seat because um, I can hear I- it.
1: <laughs>
0: Just quietly. I can. Why are you bouncing? bouncing? Because I'm excited by what Voigster has said. so okay. yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, Boyster. We really appreciate it. And if any other listeners have 30 seconds to leave us a review or rating on iTunes, we'd really be grateful because it absolutely helps us in the rankings. It does. Yes. Now, this is a mini-sode. And when we have our mini-sodes, we sometimes have mini-interviews, but we also answer listener questions. And we've got a whole heap of listener questions. So we're going to do a few this particular episode, which hopefully you're going to find useful for your own writing situation as well. Now we have a question from Matt, who is following up, I believe, on a on a, a similar question that he asked a while ago about whether you can do multiple submissions. And the sh- very sh- you can listen to the previous episode um, about that one. But the short answer was yes, multiple submissions of your manuscript to publishers. And Matt wanted to clarify should you mention in your pitch to the publisher that you're submitting to others? Thanks. Um, Well, the answer to that is if they have in their submission guidelines that you should mention it, then, of course, you should mention it and just Mm. follow the submission guidelines. Some Mm. say so, some don't. But if they don't, I don't believe it's necessary, but what you should do is as soon as you hear from another publisher, like – Obviously, as soon as you hear something positive from another publisher, you should inform the other people who you have submitted to. So it's just really a question of courtesy and common sense, in a sense. Mm. So, um, yeah, that's a short answer. Hopefully that answers your question,
1: Matt. It was a short but excellent answer, Val.
0: Thank you. Well, let's move on to our next question then. And this is from Luke, who is a new listener to So You Want to Be a Writer. Welcome, Luke from the Gold Coast. So Luke has said, I'm a fairly new listener after receiving a recommendation for a friend. Oh, good on you, whoever your friend is. Yes, go the friend. Yes, go the friend. And have been really enjoying the episodes while exercising and while sitting in traffic on the way home. It really helps me ensure I stay in that creative mindset throughout the day. I've also been listening to old episodes, which are incredibly helpful too. Uh, And a couple of questions. First, are you able to tell me the steps of professional editing from the point after self-edits? I hear the words line edits and structural edits, and was wondering what to expect at this stage. So how about we answer that question first and then we'll go on to his next question. Okay. So after self-edits, after you do your self maybe we'll take you as an example with the Adaban Cypher. After yep. you've done uh, the Book of Secrets, um, an Adaban Cypher novel, <laughs> um, when you have done your self-edits, what happens next?
1: Okay, so after I've done my self edits it goes um, at this stage. It goes to my publisher because my publisher is expecting it from me. However, um, it, if you're self-publishing, you, you would follow the same process. But it, you know, you, obviously, you need to engage your own um, editors. So it goes to my to my fabulous publisher at achette Suzanne, and she, Suzanne Sullivan, by the way. And um, if you're thinking about children's uh, publishing, she's an awesome awesome editor so I send it off to her and she goes she reads through it and she comes back to me with what's called um it's called a structural edit in Australia um it does have a different name in the US it goes by a different moniker but I off I'm sitting here just going my mind is blank I can't remember what it's called um but essentially what a structural edit is it looks at the story you're looking at the big picture so she reads through it and it's like um is the pacing right are the scenes in the right order have you started in the right place? Generally speaking, I have not. Um, you know, what sort of um, you know? Are, are there any particular scenes that are totally unnecessary? They're not advancing the story. Is there a scene that? isn't there that should be there from her perspective. And so what comes back to me then is um, she does two things. She writes me um, a whole lot of structural notes where she asks, you know, there's a lot of why going on, you know. Why have you done this? Why is your character doing that? Would your character really do that? Um, So there's a lot of things for you to think about at a real sort of story level, like you're assessing the, the overall narrative of the story in the structural edit. Have you got the pacing right? That's the pacing is always a really big thing um, at the structural edit stage. So that's the structural edit, and then it comes back to me um, because she also writes notes on the manuscript as well. So I get not only this sort of big picture question stuff, but I also get this scene is you know probably not necessarily why have you done this? This needs to be expanded. This needs to be contracted, and that. So I go through the the manuscript with the notes next to me, and I work through the whole thing from there. And it's and at that of,
0: point, you don't get any commas or full stops you don't get any proofreading um you know you don't get all of the little detail it's very oh not
1: generally not generally unless it's really obvious like she will mark up if i've you know totally miss you know if someone totally misspelled someone's name or whatever Mm -hmm. um but generally speaking very big picture story level the then we go to the um The copy edit, which is also known as a line edit. Now, this is sentence level, okay? So we've gone big picture story. The next one is sentence level. So So just to
0: clarify, you, you, you get the structural edit and then you rework it. And yeah, based and send on those notes, and yeah. send it back, and then you yeah. get the copy edit.
1: Yeah, and sometimes, but sometimes you can do two structural edits or three structural edits if yeah. it's not quite right, not quite right, not quite right. So mm-hmm. the next stage after that is is where you know they've accepted the story on, on a structural level, and then it goes to a copy or line edit, and this is sentence level stuff. So this is how many times have you used the word frowned, which for me mm. is often a lot. My characters are really frowny. So I get a lot mm. of frowns. Um, it's kind of it's it's the reworking of the sentences. Like if you've got your grammar back to front, it's kind of mm. is this the best way to say this? Should this be dialogue? Should this not be dialogue? Like there's a lot of, you know, we're, we're really looking at the entire manuscript on a sentence by sentence level here Um, and so that's done by a a different editor through the first one Uh, it's gone through line by line and then it comes back to me and I go through line by line and I either accept the changes or I don't Um, or Mm. and I can also obviously at this stage make my own changes because when I'm reading it again at a line by line level I think oh god what was I thinking why did I say that and I change things around again. So there's still room here for, for big changes. Like so you can still make big changes at this stage, like if, if when we're talking about sentence level. Mm-hmm. So we do that. It goes back to the publisher and then it goes um, and it's put into uh, page form. Uh, so what I get back from the publisher next time is the pages as they are probably, you know, essentially going to look in the book. Mm. Um, and this is where we get the proofread. So the publisher will send and the, the the proofreader gets it at the same time as I do so i don't see mm. it after the proofreader i see it at the same time and this is where this is what i call the full stop level so you're yes. doing story level sentence level full stop level this is commas Full stops. This is typos. This is this is a proofread. Now, what publishers don't really want from you at this point is big changes. What they're looking for here is corrections, corrections to spelling, corrections to commas, corrections to to that kind of stuff. Um, so they, you know, it it costs because your book has essentially been typeset at this point. It costs more money to make changes. So they don't really want you moving scenes around at the proofread stage. All of that should have been done earlier. Um, And at this stage, you're basically, what you're trying to do is make the book as perfect as possible from a reader perspective right down Mm. to the full stop level.
0: Love it. I love that description. So the story level, the sentence level, and the full stop level, otherwise known as structural edit or developmental edit, uh, (laughs) copy edit or line edit. And proofreading. Great. So hopefully that clears it up for you, Luke. Yes. All right. So the next part to Luke's question is following on from this, when we hire an editor to go through the manuscript and then reach the point of submitting to an agent or publisher, is it expected by the receivers for it to have already been edited? I understand it would then go through a whole new round of edits if accepted. However, I didn't know if it's standard practice to hire an editor to make the story the best it can possibly be before submitting. Great question, Luke. And I think the important thing is that it's different for different people because some people, if you feel that your story will be better, your manuscript will be better if you hire an editor, hire an editor because you want your story to be the best it can be to um, when you're sending it to a publisher. What do you think, Al?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, look, different authors do this in different ways. I know some authors who – who always hire a, um, a stru- for a structural edit. They, they look for a structural edit before mm-hmm. they will submit to a publish to, to their... I mean, I even know people who were published three or four times with the same publisher who would still get a structural edit done before they submitted their work. Um, mm-hmm. I personally... Don't do that. Like I, I do my own edit and then I send it to, uh, to my publisher. Particularly if it's a, you know what I consider to be a commissioned work, which is you know I've signed the contract. Um, mm. I send that off. Um, if you're if you're submitting for the first time to an agent or publisher, uh, it it might be worth doing that, getting yourself a structural edit, or even perhaps. Yeah. Um, you know a slightly to to pull back one step would be a manuscript assessment so an assessment yes. is where they will give you an idea of where your story is working and where it's not but it's not they're not going to spend the many hours that it, it takes a long time to do a good structural edit yes. and they can be expensive like um we have discussed the different prices in the past, but from memory, um, you know, you're looking at probably a minimum of $500 for a structural edit up to $1,500 approximately. Um, Mm. And you need to get an editor who's used to working with the kinds of, uh, this is the other key, seek out an editor who is used to working with the kinds of manuscript that you're writing. So, Mm. you know, you wouldn't send a romance uh, novel to uh, someone who specializes in literary fiction, vice versa, you know, look for someone who's got experience in um in in structural edits of children's fiction because there are Mm. definitely different things that are required you know uh, people who've worked within the industry will understand what publishers are looking for in particular types of manuscripts and that's the kind of thing you want Um, um, so this is not necessarily a copy edit or a line edit or a proofread Mm. this is very much structural developmental edit you know this is This this is getting the pacing right. Have you started in the right place? Those kinds of things. So the choice is down to you. Um, Publishers and agents do not necessarily expect that you will have gone and done that. What they do expect, however, is that the the manuscript that you're submitting to them is the best manuscript that you can submit. So whether or not, you know, you feel you need an editor to help you with that or a a manuscript assessment um, or whether or not you're confident that what you're doing is, you know, is right. Because, you know, if you listen to any of the interviews that we've done with publishers or editors in the past – um, they have all said, and it's really important to remember this, they have all said that if the, if the concept and the voice and those sorts of things are there in the story, in the, in the manuscript, they will work with you to get that up to publishable standards. So, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's about you making a decision based on what you've got. Um, whether you've got the money for a structural edit, because you know yeah. it's not cheap, um, or you know a manuscript assessment, um, or you know like it's it comes down to, comes down to confidence. Perhaps a writers group can help you to kind of get your you know get your manuscript up to a standard where you're happy to submit as well. So different mm. authors go about it in a different way, and there's no correct way to do it. Um, it's just it comes back to how much you need to be confident enough to submit. I think. But one
0: thing's for sure, don't ever submit your first draft. Oh, no. Because it's not going to be your best. It's just no. not. No. Uh, make sure you do either go to writer's critique groups or get a manuscript <laughs> assessment or whatever uh, and make sure you're not submitting your first draft because even though you might feel that sense of achievement that you've actually just finished an entire novel and that's fantastic, definitely, congratulations on that, it can be improved, I guarantee you. So, Yeah. yeah definitely. All right. And our final question is from Bex. Now Bex has said, I have a question about editing and indie publishing. I was at the Canberra Writers Festival over the weekend and at one of the events, someone said you couldn't indie publish an edited manuscript. They clarified that if you get your manuscript edited, the editor then has a stake in your book so you have to go back to your original manuscript and edit yourself. I'm assuming their use of the term indie is small boutique publishers like Pantera or Text as opposed to self-publishing. A lot of the advice I've read and heard says that you should get your manuscript professionally edited. I'd plan to do this as a new writer but I hope to go down the traditional publishing route and don't want to inadvertently rule out any options. Is professional editing only advisable if you're self-publishing?
1: Lots of questions on editing this week. Hang on? <laughs> I know and everybody knows how much I love the editing. So you know I, I'm really happy to talk about this at length. Um, so this is an interesting question. Um I think it's probably important to clarify that when people talk about indie publishing, they are actually talking about self-publishing. It is a term for self-publishing, indie publishing, independent publishing. Um, yep. so not necessarily boutique publishers who actually work under, Pantera and Text actually work under more of a traditional publisher um, model.
0: Yes, however, so I think that some some of the boutique publishers have a traditional publishing model and have a um, collaborative publishing model, which that's is that's right. So you need to invest into self publishing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need to investigate the the model that any particular publisher that you're targeting uses. It's really important to know exactly what you're dealing with. But, yeah, there's that. Yeah. So do you want to start or shall I – no, you start. Yeah. I'm, well, I,
0: I, think, I think there's just a little bit of confusion here because there is the situation where you get where, – let's say, you, whether you're self-publishing or traditional publishing, it doesn't matter, um, where you employ the services of an editor, just like we spoke about in Luke's question, where, mm. you know, you, you engage a – professional editor to help you improve your book. But then there is the situation where you actually have some kind of book deal or arrangement with a publisher and their editor that they pay for Mm. um, uh, edits the manuscript. So there's two very different situations. Mm. So we need to clarify there's two totally different situations and two totally different outcomes. So in the case of where you just it's got nothing to do with the publisher, they're not paying for the editor, you're paying for an editor, mm-hmm. then you can do what you want. I mean you need to obviously look at the fine print of your contract with the editor but the vast majority of editors, they're editing it and their job is done and you can do whatever you want then. You can accept their edits or not um, and you can then use your your edited manuscript however you want. Mm. However, in the case of where you are have an arrangement with a publisher and they have paid for an editor. They have paid for an editor to work on your manuscript. What happens then? Take it away, Al.
1: Well, I'll, I'll just cla- – probably the best way to do this is to illustrate it with the Mapmaker Chronicles. So I have Ooh. written the Mapmaker Chronicles. The manuscript belongs to me. The copyright belongs to me. I've licensed the Mapmaker Chronicles to the publisher. That's how – that's what a book contract essentially is. So the actual – you know, the concept and the original manuscript. However – Um, uh, Hachette has done the edits, uh, uh, as we've discussed it goes backwards and forwards to different editors they have paid for the edits on that on on that manuscript, they have paid for the cover, they have done the book design, they have published and distributed the book. Now, down the track, should the book go out of print, for example, and I take that the rights back from, for the, from that particular um, series, um, because the rights revert to me after a certain period of time if the book is no longer in print. So I take my rights back and I think, beauty, I'm going to self-publish this now because you know there's a readership out there and I'm going to put it out there, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I have to go back to the original manuscript and I have to get it re-edited. I have to get a new book cover put on it. I have to write a new blurb for the back. I, I can't use sort of the creative input that Hachette has brought to that project to then indie publish that book on my own. I think that's yeah. probably the, the the best way to explain it, right. um, because the while the copyright for the the concept and the the manuscript belongs to me, all of that other developmental work that goes into producing the book belongs to a share. So, yeah. to to for me to put it out as an indie published um, uh, book later, you know, down the track, I have to go back to the original manuscript and and start again, basically.
0: Yeah. So the easy way to think about it is who paid for the editing. If you paid for the editing,
1: do what you want.
0: (laughs) But if a publisher paid for the editing, yeah, that's when you can't then use that version with another publisher, for example.
1: Exactly, yeah. I couldn't just take the whole thing to someone else and say, why don't we do this now? It doesn't work like that. All right.
0: So that's our little mini episode for this week. We hope that you have found our um, uh, the answers to your questions useful. And if you've got a question, then do ping us in the podcast group on Facebook. So mm-hmm. join us on Facebook. It's a great place all the, where listeners are hanging out, chatting to each other, chatting to us about all sorts of things. Um, just go to Facebook and search for So You Want to Be a Writer Podcast Community and ping your question. In there, and we'd love to answer it for you. Of course, try to give us as much information as possible, so it's cl- and, and try to get to your question um, as soon as possible as well, so it's really clear what you're asking, and that will be really helpful to us. Hmm. Um, yeah, so in the meantime, where do we find you online, Al?
1: Uh, you'll find me at alisontait.com, A double com. T.com. You will find me on Twitter at, at Al altate A L T A I T. And you will find me on Facebook and Instagram at Alison Tate Writer. And you, Val, where do we find you?
0: <laughs> you'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K H O O, on Twitter and Instagram. And definitely connect with us on Facebook. You'll find us in that uh, podcast community. And, of course, you'll find all of the show notes at soyouwanttobeawriter.com.au And we look forward to chatting to you next time when we have our 200th episode and celebrate the launch of Alison's awesome new book, Book of Secrets. So until then, see you later. Bye.